You know, it says in Proverbs that if you walk with fools, you become like fools. <laughs> I did that yesterday. So I did with four other guys from this church that led me astray, I must say. We had fun. We had great fun yesterday. Good morning, everybody. That's lovely. Honestly, it really is a privilege to be standing in front of you this morning. Um, I'm going to read from the word of the Lord, and, and, and I really felt the Lord putting this on my heart a great deal. We're reading from the Psalms, and it's Psalm 100, 121. Psalm 121. Psalm 121. Now, this is an absolutely fabulous psalm. I love this psalm from what it does and for what it says. I love it from the writer's point of view that they're seeking the help of God. And in this particular one, it says that um, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be, be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on the, on the right hand. And the sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep you. You're going out and you're coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Three simple titles that I have, sermon titles today, that I use. I'm sorry, I, I harken back to my old training. David, which way do we go here? Just self-explanatory, is it? Yeah, no, okay. Right, yeah. yeah, very simple mind I have. Um, simple prayers. Simple prayers. And really, people put some kind of emphasis on prayers. I don't know why. I remember meeting this lady once and we were going into a prayer meeting and she stopped me before we went in and she said to me, um, Nigel, I love your prayers. And I said, well, it's very kind of you to say so. Thank you for your encouragement. I only wish I could pray like that, she said. Well, I said, well, why can't you? It's a simple prayer that I pray. It's nothing too elaborate. It's, it's not very poetic language. It's, it's something from my heart. No, she said, every time I pray, I cry. And I said, I get very embarrassed by this. And I said, well, I don't see the reason why you should because it's a simple prayer. And I said, not only that, but God blesses you while you pray. And you pray with such passion that you feel the emotion and the emotion makes you cry. There's nothing wrong with that. Oh, no, she said, I'm a sniveling mess by the end of the prayer meeting. I really find it quite embarrassing. I encouraged her so much to just let go and let God bless her. Sometimes we come to prayer meetings and we go to, and, and we feel that we need to bring this wonderful language to prayer. I mean, I, I remember when I was a young, a young Christian going to a prayer meeting this, and the older folks would be in the prayer, and they used to pray these elaborate prayers. O oh Lord, thou camest to me, 
the thee is and thou is and all these these and thou's and in it. And I used to be sitting listening to these people thinking, my goodness, these are amazing prayers, but I don't think I could use that language. I don't think I can use those words. And I remember an old Christian pulling me to one side one day and he says, you know, Nathan, you need to sort out the words that you're using in your prayer. And I said, but why? What's wrong with it? You need to say thou instead of you. It's very disrespectful to God. I said, no, it's not. I said, this means the same thing. It's very disrespectful, Nigel. Change it. Well, I didn't because I couldn't. Obviously, the folks read the old um, King James version of the Bible and the reason all these days and those, and they would come up with these wonderful prayers and these wonderful words that they would use. And I used to think, gosh, I don't think I can do that. So I decided from there onward, I was going to pray. I would bring just a simple prayer to God. Simply come before God as me. It's Nigel. And I come to bring you a prayer. You would hear such wonderful prayers like, Dear Lord, after the storm, the rainbow, skillfully painted from the spectrum of colours, contained your glorious palette. Warm colours of encircling us, embracing the earth with the promise of a reminder of your covenant of all creation. Such love and eternal and everlasting. Thank you, creating God for the beauty of the rainbow, the beauty of your love, for all that you have made that's going on around us, and so forth. I love it when people can pray like that, but I can't. I simply come before God with prayers, and I encourage you to do the same today. Simply come unto God with prayer. That's what the Lord has been placing on my heart this morning. It's a simple prayer. Some people feel intimidated by others when they're praying because of that. Sometimes they come to prayer meetings and the prayer and they use the words and yet simple prayers seem to do an incredibly powerful job. And you only have to look in the Bible for some of those examples and you see that um, in First Chronicles 4 and 9. I think I have that up there. I do hope and pray that I have. Yep, there we go. Um, Jabez prayer. Now Jabez cried out to God and he said to him, Lord, will you enlarge my territory? Let your hand be with me. Keep me from all harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. Now when you read about this sometimes, there are people out there who will say, well, you know what? He was one of those early people who would name it and claim it. I don't know if you've ever heard of the name it and claim it, the prosperity ministry. And yet when you read into this, when you look into it, when you study into the study part of that, you look into what the actual text of the scripture says, it really was a man who was pleading before God and saying, Lord, will you help me? Will you come to me? It's interesting when you read Jabez and what that means is that his mother went through a very painful birth. And, you know, when you look at um, his name and, and read into it, um, it, it, it says pain. That's what it meant. But for him, he came to God with pain in his heart. He came to God with a, a passion. He said, Lord, will you grant me? And God granted him. He gave to him simple prayer. He simply brought a prayer before God and God heard him. There is a great story and, 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 and this expresses to you the simplicity of prayer. But there is a, a story written by a Russian writer and his name is um, Leo Tolstoy. I think that's how you pronounce it. And he tells a story of three hermits who lived on, on, on an island. And they lived this very primitive lifestyle on the island. And they had three, just this wonderful prayer that they would bring to God every day. We are three. You are three. 
Have mercy on us, Lord. Amen. And a bishop got to hear about this. And he was on a ship on, and he heard about this island and someone come and told him the story about these three monks, these three hermits that lived on this island in a very secluded lifestyle and they prayed this very simple prayer. And the bishop said to the captain of the ship, he said, I need you to sail to that island. I need to go and instruct these men on how to properly pray. And the, and the captain tried to dissuade him. He said, look, you don't really need to do this. And he said, no, no, he said, I really need to go and instruct these men a proper prayer. And he arrived on the island. He met with the three hermits. He instructed them on how to pray. And then he left them. And he got onto the ship back to the mainland. And when the ship was partway over, he could see this ball, this, this, this bright light coming on the sea itself. And as it got closer and closer, he saw the three hermits walking on the water. They were skimming across the water. And they got onto the ship and they came to the bishop and said, we're really sorry, um, but we have forgotten everything that you've said. Please, can you instruct us again? And <laughs> which he went, nodding his head, he said, whatever I said, do you forget it? He said, just keep doing what you're doing. It's simple prayer. And sometimes people make a big deal about the prayer that they bring before God. But the thing about prayer is this. When we talk to God, he hears us. What's your prayer like? Your, your prayer like life like? What is it like? That's something that I often say to God, I don't do enough of, but I pray a lot. I pray a lot. It's like breathing for me. You know, I, I'd love to be the person who sits down for an hour and a half or two hours and meditate in prayer. Um, if only you knew what goes on in this mind of mine, honestly, in my head just goes from one thing to the other. And I'll tell you a wee story that happened the other day. I remember to laugh at this because she rang me up the other morning and she said, Honey, I've left my lunch sitting on the bench. Can you bring it to me before you go to work? Of course I can. I'm halfway up through Portadown Town Centre and I phoned her. Right, I'm almost at your work. Come down the stairs and wait at the door for me. And when I get into Church Street, there's a big lorry trying to negotiate around. And so I'm busy watching what this guy's doing and I forgot to stop with Merlin. And she's watching me from the door, and I went straight past her. <laughs> and she's done going. So as, as I went past her, I went, oh, I was to stop, I forgot. So I drew way up, back around, come back down, and Merlin's done going, are you serious? <laughs> are, are you serious? So I won the window down, lifted the lunchbox out and handed her. I said, you've been married to me 30 years, nothing's changed, you know? Do you know something when I sit down to pray? This is, this is no joke. It's amazing what you start remembering when you sit down to pray. And I'm not talking about what you're going to pray for. It's amazing how Satan really hits you and starts reminding you about the things that you have to do, like the things you've got to do in work, the, the customers I've got to code for, the designs I've got to do. It's amazing what comes into your head when you sit down to pray. So the one thing that I do, and I brought it with me today, I hope I brought it with me today, yeah I did, is my little prayer book. In here, I write everything that I have to pray for. I write it down every week. I do a week prayer. So I do week beginning. If I don't write this down, then I forget who I'm praying for. And it's amazing to go back over this and see the things that God has done. It's amazing what God will do for you when you, when you look back and you see the people that you've prayed for, the situations you've gone through, and the things that you've done. A little prayer book is very simple. It helps you to remember. 
We are three. You are three. Lord, have mercy on us. Amen. How simple is that? Simple prayer. That is really what it's about. Simplicity of prayer. Now, what's your prayer life like? I wonder. For a lot of young Christians, they struggle with this bit a lot. And so that's why I wanted to come to you today and talk to you really about prayer because that's what the Lord's been placing on my heart. There are two things, two elements to prayer that are vital. Faith and love. You can't do prayer without those things. Faith and love. What's your prayer life like today? I learned a lot from older Christians. I'm hoping... Um, I'm hoping maybe that will, will, will come to that in a wee second, but how to pray. Older Christians taught me how to pray. It's amazing what they tell you. There's a lady in my former church, and she used to say to me, Nigel, when you get up in the morning, ask the Lord to bless your day. And I said, well, how do you do it? And she said to me, I just simply say, Lord, put your order into my day. And ever since that, that's exactly what I do. And before I go to bed at night, I say, Lord, bless the night while I sleep. Because it's amazing how Satan comes into your dreams, believe me. It's unbelievable how he can come into your dreams. And I've had really terrible experiences of that. And so you have to pray over your dreams, but pray over your day. How is your prayer life? God wants us to continue to pray. And it's amazing because every time I meet some really lovely old Christians, they taught me so many amazing things. In the early days of training to be a, a local preacher, sorry, there's one I'm missing here. Um, it's going to go away from me. I'll come back to that in a second. But in the early days when I was learning to be a local preacher, this is what they taught us. This is the stuff that they pumped into you and they trained you with. Acts. Do you know what Acts is? Anybody know what that is? Acts. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. That is a great way to learn how to pray. That is a fantastic. That is the basis of what I do when I pray. Adoring God. It's amazing when you look at adore and adoration for God and praise. We do praise here. It, 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 they overlap with each other. When it comes to praying, when you come to thanking God, the adoration comes in. It is, is so vitally important that you praise God and that when we do praise here, it's amazing how God really adores that. He loves that. And when you pray, you adore God. When I used to travel to Lisbon in the mornings, when I worked there for a very, very long time, every morning I'd be traveling up that road, I would be adoring God. Father, thank you for the day that you've given to me, for the blessing of just being alive, for the health and strength you've given to me. The one thing that I used to tell God a lot was, thank you for the privilege of being a daddy and a husband. What a privilege. What an amazing privilege that is to be a daddy and to be a husband. And I thanked him every day to this very day for that. When I was driving along, I'd be saying, Lord, you know what? This is a beautiful day out there. Look at that sun that's shining in my eyes that I can hardly see. But Lord, I thank you for that. Thank you for the job that you've given to me and the, 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 the ability to go and make money and pay bills and, you know, Thanking God for paying a mortgage is amazing, you know. It, isn't it good that you can do that, you know? It's, it's amazing. And then I would go into the other part. 
confession because you know what all of us come before God and we're simply not good enough and we have to say Lord you know what I let you down you have to come to God and confess every day you've got to come before God and say Lord I'm sorry you bring to God the stuff when you know you've done something wrong tell him about it God says if you confess it I will forgive you for it do you know how many people struggle with that I used to have a friend of mine and you know what when she came to faith in Christ she couldn't come to the Lord's table one day I seen her in church and she was in floods of tears so I went over and sat down beside her I said tell me what's wrong Nigel I'm not good enough to go to that table I simply am not good enough I said to her you know what not one of us are good enough but my Jesus died on the cross so that we would be you know the hymn where it says, and there is a green hill far away, and it says that part, there was no other good enough to pay the price that he only could unlock the gates and let us in. That's what I mean. And I said, come before the Lord and tell him the person that you are because he loves you and he will forgive you. And she did. And I tell you what, that day was a changing time for her. Thanksgiving. I love telling the God. Thank you, Lord. You're an amazing God. Amazing God. An old Christian used to tell me this story. used to make me laugh, so he did. He said to me, you know, Nigel, you see when you hurt yourself? He said, and you're a plumber. He said, I'm sure you hurt yourself often enough. He says, thank the Lord for it. Something wrong with this man, you know? Thanking him for what? One day. This is really, I tell you, the pain really shot through me on rail, but I hit my finger with the hammer when I was putting the floorboard down, and I hit it so hard, it actually blackened my thumb. And I got up, and the pain was nearly always making me cry. And I'm walking about holding my thumb, going, Praise the Lord! <laughs> Praise the Lord! Hallelujah! Amen! And this guy standing around looking at me, going, What is this guy? Is he nutcase? Is there something wrong with him? I tell you, it worked. It was good. I feel a sweat breaking on me and everything. It was pain was unreal. But it helped. In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. And thanksgiving is the one thing our Lord loves. Now you see the next bit? I love the next bit. Supplication. Supplication is intercessory prayer intercessory prayer i don't know if you ever get a chance to read the book on a guy called reese Hile. now there's a man of intercessory prayer he was a welsh miner and he was a guy who by faith the lord used in mission across the world but he was an intercessory prayer warrior this man prayed and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed until he saw a result that's intercessory prayer if I'm walking along, if I'm sitting on my computer with my keyboard in front of me, tat, 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 tatting away, and all of a sudden I'll stop and I say, Lord, I want to pray for, and I'll mention, and the Lord, I thank you for, just want to pray for such and such. And I'm, all day long, I'm hitting people with prayers, and I'm praying for things all day long. As I'm driving from work, from home to work, from, from work to home, if I'm out for a walk, I'm saying, Lord, would you, I'm, Lord, would you, and I'm continually praying all day. It's like breathing. Intercessory prayers when you're hitting something with it all the time, continuously. Faith is something that you can't really teach. It's something you catch along the way. And it's by watching other people. And I have to tell you, 
there are some prayer warriors I've met in my time and they have really, really impressed me. There was a lady in the church called Martha. Martha was a prayer warrior. My goodness, did I never met a lady like her. Tanya, you'll know who I'm talking about. Her name was Martha Long. She was fantastic. I've never met a lady like her. And she said she was praying for you. She was praying for you. There's another prayer warrior, George Muller. Did anybody ever hear of a man called George Muller? George Muller was a German who came to, um, to the United Kingdom and he set up orphans all over the place. And he always believed that you can get things simply by praying for it. And that's what he says. Never give up. Never give up praying until the answer comes. Never give up until you see the answer coming. Never give up praying until you see the answer. That's what he would say. These are the kind of people that change your lives when you read about them, the prayer warriors. These two people here, I'd love to introduce you to them. The man you see sitting there is my father-in-law, Harry Burroughs. And the lady beside him is his sister, Peggy, his older sister. These two people influenced me in my life. The prayer warriors, these people you've never met like for prayer. Harry, if he was in this church, would love it. And if you think I get very animated about praise, you want to see that man. Oh boy, this man was a man of prayer. And I give you an example of how he changed my life about prayer. Many years ago, I was talking to Merlin about this just during the week, and she didn't recall this, but I do. When we started going out together way back about 35, 36 years ago, I got invited for lunch to her house. She had a wee dog called Winky. It was a wee poodle. She loved the bits. She loved that dog more than she loved me. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, the wee dog just was her dog. Never went to nobody else, only her. But one day I seen it hobbling across. This Sunday I seen it hobbling across the, the floor on its back. Leg was sore. And I seen Harry saying, that dog's got a bad leg. And he lifted the wee dog up on his arms. And he lifted and he put his hand onto the wee dog's leg. And he began to pray. Father Lord, will you heal the wee dog's leg? I'd never seen this before. I was a young Christian. I'd only literally come to faith in Christ. And I'm learning what it is to read the Bible. And I'm learning what it is to pray. And here's my father-in-law to be. Praying for the little dog. And you know what? Within a day or two, that wee dog was walking about healed. That impressed me so much. His sister Peggy was a missionary in India. She was there twice. Oh my goodness, you just listened to that lady pray. It was just phenomenal. What she used to do was, if she said to you, Nigel, I see you're out preaching in such and such a church, you knew she was praying for you. That was the joy. These people learned me so much. They taught me so much about how to pray. I would love to impress upon you the importance of prayer. It is vital. How to pray. So we have simple prayers and how to pray. How to pray. This is part of a hymn. And this gives you an example of what I mean. There, there's a lady called um, Frances J. Crosby. 
And she wrote over 9,000 hymns. This lady was blind from about two year old, but she wrote some of the most phenomenal hymns. And you know, one of them is to God be the glory, great things he have done. That's the lady I'm talking about. And she wrote this hymn, um, I am thine, O Lord, I have heard thy voice, and it's told thy love to thee. And I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer drawn to thee. It's the third verse that gets me every time. Oh, a pure delight of a single hour that before thy throne I spend. When I kneel in prayer and with thee, my God, I commune with friend as friend. It's the commune with friend as friend. You know what? Our lifestyles are so busy. I know mine is. I know yours is. But we've got to take a little time out to pray. You've got to take time out to pray. And I'll tell you the reason why you must. Because if you don't, Satan gets in there. It's as simple as that. The more you pray, the less Satan has an opportunity. The less you pray, the more he steals from you. And that's really it in a nutshell. Our lives are so pressured. We live much of our lives, and, and it really is intolerable. The stress, the, the, the scramble for life, the strain, the pressure to perform, whether it's in your job, your church, your home life. The anxiety and the worry that comes from all of that. And you can offer that all to God. And the more you give to God, the more he will take from you. I commune as friend with friend. When you commune with the Lord, he does so much for you. And this is me giving you some of the experiences. When I go back to these two people, they taught me about prayer. They taught me so much about prayer. Harry used to say to me, Nigel, pray about it, son. This lady heard me complaining about someone one day. I was criticizing someone in my early Christian. She stopped me in my tracks. She said, Nigel, did you pray about that? No, I didn't, Peggy, but we'll tell you what he done. Nigel, stop right there. Did you pray about that? No, Peggy, I didn't. Nigel, go and pray about that, and then I'll talk to you later. About a few days later, I was back in her house. She had a lovely wee house across the road from Thomas Street Methodist Church. And I'm back in again, and she never forgot. She said, did you pray about that thing the other night? I said, yes, I did, Peggy. Well, do you feel that you want to complain a bit more about or criticize anymore? Funniest thing, no, Peggy, I don't actually. Bring it to the Lord. You know that, you know that lovely old hymn that Joseph Scriven wrote, um, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, All Our Sins and Griefs to Bear. And all. You read that hymn, it's a beautiful hymn. That's exactly what it is. Bring it to God in prayer. It's simplicity, it's the simplicity of a bet you're all sitting here thinking, oh, it's not David Spence, you know, going through the scriptures here and really exposing it. This stuff is vital, it's important. And I'll, and I, and I'll explain to you why in a minute or two. Because... Learning to pray means learning to be still. Being still before the Lord, boys, I tell you, that's a hard thing to do. But as a person who's been a Christian for 36 years, prayer is vital. So vital. It is so important. It is so vital. Every aspect of your life. I'll tell you what it's like. This morning I was eating a bagel. I've only literally started to eat these bagel things, right? Okay. <laughs> that strange bread, it really is. 
And I was thinking about this this morning. I was thinking to myself, you know something? I'd like to write to the New York Bagel Company. And I'd like to tell them, listen, I love your bagels, right? I really do love, I love the flavour, I love the taste of them, but there's a problem. Is there any chance you can stop putting the holes in the middle of them? Because it's a real beggar to try and keep the scrambled egg on it or the cream cheese in there. <laughs> you know the chances of that's going to happen is not, it's simply never going to happen, right? The chances of things happening in your life without prayer, that's never going to happen. Literally, nothing is going to happen. And I'll say that for this church as well, because I'll tell you, a church that doesn't pray is an opportunity for Satan to rip you to bits. That's it in a nutshell. I read the testimony of a Satanist, a guy who came out of the Satanist church. This guy worshipped Satan, and, and this is what he did quite a lot of. And he said, you know something? The churches that were easiest for us to destroy were the ones that didn't pray. How about that? The churches that don't pray enough are the ones Satan rips to bits. The churches that go places are the churches that pray. And here's another problem is the churches that do pray, they become so familiar with what they've been doing that they ease off, they take their foot off the pedal when it comes to praying and all of a sudden Satan gets a wonderful opportunity to get in there and wreak havoc. Simple prayers. And then there's the blessing other prayers for people. Matthew 11 verse 28 tells us, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. You know what you hear that, you see it up on the wee boards everywhere, you, you see the guy with a little sandwich board over him, maybe you haven't seen that but I used to see that in my early days and the little guy with the loudspeaker shouting and he had the little sandwich board on him with all the scripture over, there's something very important about that piece of scripture. When you come to God, when you're in your, you're weary, when you're down, when you're really hitting rock bottom. Have you ever been to rock bottom to the very point where you can't pray for yourself? Have you? I have. To the very worst place. I remember this one time, my family probably don't know much about this, is maybe a new revelation for them. So I'm going to tell them something today they may not have heard of before, but I was in business for myself and I couldn't get money off people. And I was worried because creditors were looking paid and I couldn't get money off the people who owed me. And I cried out to God, you know, I need your help. But I was trying to do it on my own. That was the problem. I wasn't really asking God. I was saying, all right, Lord, will you help me? Hold on, I'll go and do this myself here. I'll run down, I'll do this. It was like I was bringing the prayer to the cross then grabbing it and bringing it back with me as I was going away. Bringing the problem to God to the cross. Running back with it again. But God was teaching me something vital out of all that. And I remember sitting on the carpet in the bedroom in our house. And, 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 and I sat with, the, with my Bible open. And the tears were flowing out of me. And believe me, being a man's man, I didn't do that sort of thing. It just wasn't a manly thing for me to be doing. And yet I couldn't pray. Couldn't get the words out. Couldn't read the words of the Bible. And I was due to go out and preach that night. And I rang a friend of mine and I said, Pete, I can't go preaching tonight. Can you do it for me? Yeah, of course. No problem. He said, Nigel, are you okay? No, I'm not, Pete. And I started explaining the problems that I had. And he said, tell you what I'll do, Nigel. Don't pray. I'll pray for you. Do you know how humbling that is when someone says, I'll pray for you? 
I'll carry you, brother. I'll lift you. I'll run with you. That's incredible. That's incredible. Blessing other people prayers. That's what I call those. Blessing other people prayers. Blessing other people prayers. When you pray for others, you're blessing them. It's incredible. There's not a greater privilege in life that you will have than praying for other people. I read a great story, and this, this American writer, and you call her Robin Lee Sloth, Soap, I think her name is, and she was one of these women who loves a bargain. Now show me a woman doesn't love a bargain. They all kind of like a bargain. I mean, when Merlin and I go out to shop and she sees buy one, get one free, you nearly have to get smelling salts out for her, you know. But <laughs> it's, it's incredible. It's, it's, it's bargain. It's bargain time. And this lady was doing garage sales in America. You know they do these garage sales because they move from one side of America to another and they've got to get rid of all the rubbish that they have. So they sell it off at a very cheap price. Robin was, um, she was at this garage sale and she happened to be going through and browsing through everything when she saw a saxophone. Beautiful gold instrument sitting in perfect condition for $20. I'd have been there, I'd have bought it up for $20 even though I don't play a saxophone but I would have bought it anyway. But she, she stood looking at it thinking, you know, I don't know whether to buy this or not. She phoned her husband, she said, listen, are you in front of the computer? And he said, yes, I am indeed. She said, what's the price on eBay for saxophones? Well, he just sort of went in, did a bit of a search for it. Oh, he said, about $50. Hmm, probably not be worth this. Stood looking at it eventually, she, she went to the owner of the house and said, there you are, $20. There was a little man who was hovering about, and he come over to her, he said, sorry, he says, you don't mind me asking, did you buy the saxophone? She said, I did. Oh, he said, I was really looking that. He said, if I give you $40, he said, would you sell it to me? She thought about it. $50 on eBay, I'm getting 40 for it now. Okay, I'll sell it to you. She gave him $40, she went around, bought a few other things and went home. Later that afternoon, she went onto the computer, only this time she went right into eBay to look at it and suddenly discovered that some of these saxophones were going between 500 and 700 pounds. Now you can imagine she really, really ate her husband the bits for doing it because he didn't look at it properly. She was filled with rage. Absolutely consumed with it, she said, in her little section that she wrote out. She said, you know what, I could not get over this. This man had done me over. She says, I bet you he went and sold it for the same kind of money and he's made a fortune out of it and I got nothing. This consumed her so much to the very point that when she went to bed that night, it still consumed her. She felt, you know what, Lord, this is wrong. She got out of bed and she started writing down things that blessed her. And still this stuff consumed her. Eventually she got over it. Months and months later she's back at another garage sale. She's browsing around everything that's in it and all of a sudden she sees to the side of her eye the little man that bought the saxophone off her. She's seized with anger. She looked at him she said, I'll pretend I don't see him. Isn't it awful when you somebody you don't want to talk to, they walk straight up to you and go, hello, do you remember me? Because that's exactly what the wee man did. He walked straight up to her and he said, hello, do you remember me? Hmm, yes I do, she said. He said, I just wanted to say thank you for selling that, kit, that, that um, saxophone to me. He said, that was amazing. And he starts pretending to play the saxophone. He said, you know, I haven't played it in years. And he says, it's rekindled a fire in me. And he said, I'm so enjoying it. She started to look at the wee man. His clothes were very straggy. His shoes were scuffed. 
she suddenly realised he probably didn't have an awful lot of money. He says, you know, since I've retired, he says, my wife has died. He says, I really haven't much going on. He said, I've really enjoyed rekindling that whole saxophone thing. In fact, so much so, he said, I'm now going into schools and I'm volunteering to help young people, to mentor them on how to play the saxophone. It suddenly hit her like a ton of bricks. This wee man didn't steal my blessing. He gave me one. He gave me a blessing. You know how to give somebody a blessing? You pray for them. You continually pray for them. Don't tell them you're going to pray and then don't do it. Pray for them. That's why I have this. When I tell someone I'm going to pray, I write it down. It's the only way for me to remember. It's the blessing of their prayers. That's what it's all about. The blessing of their prayers. Share your blessing in prayer. Some of you will be gifted in prayer ministry. There's no doubt about it. We're all gifted differently. There are those of you who will be gifted in prayer. And that's your thing. And you'll pray for other people. But all of us are gifted to pray because we have to. You know that old song we used to sing at Sunday school? Peter and John went to pray. They met a poor man on the way. You remember that? And he was looking and he says, you haven't got arms yet. Well, what we have, we'll give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Get up and walk. And he, he got up and he walked. That's the sort of blessing I'm talking about. There's another important thing about all of this. Parents, I can't lean this one on you enough about prayer. Pray for your children because Satan's going to come and steal them. I can't tell you this enough. Parents, pray for your children. Do you remember when I said to you there when I was on the way to work in the morning and I would say to the Lord, Father, thank you for the privilege of being a daddy and a husband. I would pray for my children. When my children were in um, when their womb, when, when Merning was pregnant with them, I used to lay my hands on her tummy and say, Lord, this is your child. This is your child. I hand them to you. And Lord, I pray for them. And that's when I would start praying for my children every day. And on the way to work in the morning, this is my prayer. And I would say, Lord, I pray, I pray for Judith and I pray for Sarah. And I pray, Lord, that you will bless them in their education. Lord, I pray that you will help them to find the right men in their lives. And I pray that they will marry the right person. I pray that they will have children. And I pray for their children that they'll come to know you as Lord and Saviour. And I pray that they will, their children's children will come to know you as Lord and Saviour. And Lord, I pray that they will become wonderful soldiers and servants. But Lord, I pray your mighty wall of protection around them. That's vital. Angels around them. At night time, I used to go in when they were little. And, little, and I used to go into, the be, into their bedroom at night to listen to see if they were breathing. Every parent does that, don't they? They all go in. Oh, they're breathing, they're dead on. And I used to pray over them. And I used to stand there and I say, Lord, put your mighty wall of protection around this child and Jesus. In each room. And then I would go out onto the landing, onto the landing of the house. And that used to be quite exciting, actually, so because I could hear all three of them talking in their sleep. It's amazing, all three, all the uh, two children and Marion all talking in their sleep at the same time. <laughs> They don't do it much now. I don't know if they do because they don't live in our house anymore. But I used to be listening to them talking away in their sleep. I used to make me laugh. So I did, you know. And, and I would say, Lord, put your mighty wall of protection around this house tonight. Your mighty angels to stand over and protect. Someone once challenged me about that, you know, about praying about angels. Why? Why would they challenge me? The Bible says it 300 times that there are angels in the Bible. It says that you can call on them, protect you. 
You look at Balaam and his donkey, you know, whenever he's trying to get past, oh, that makes me laugh. Balaam makes me laugh. Do you know why every time I watch Shrek, I think of Balaam and his donkey? The talking donkey, you know? Every time I watch Shrek, it makes me laugh, you know? It's, it's just hilarious, you know? And I keep thinking of Balaam's donkey, you know, where the donkey says to him, Master, why are you beating me? There's an angel standing in front of me stopping us. David lies on the, on the ground and he sees 20,000 upon thousands of angels pass over the sky, you know. And then you have Daniel. You've got Daniel, that wonderful man of prayer. And even when you read Daniel 2, you see the prayer becomes so prevalent, so important. And he again, he's in the, the, the lion's den and angels are there stopping. The, the lions just lie down. You know, isn't that incredible? And his three friends in the furnace. And the angels stop the heat from burning them. That's what we've got between us and Satan. Parents, pray for your children. You know, it says, um, Proverbs 22. Start children off in the way that they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Believe me, that is, a, that is an absolute promise of God. It is, it is true. Second there, um, you yourselves are letters written on the hearts, known and read by every one of you. You show that you are letters from Christ, the result of your ministry, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of the heart. If your children see you live a life the way you live for God, believe me, that has a tremendous impact upon them. Pray for your children. I can't honestly emphasize that enough. Please, 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 <coughs> Pray for your children. I can't say that enough. Satan will come to look for them and he will take them away from you. Don't let that happen. Church, pray for the church and the ministry. Pray against spiritual warfare. Do you know the Western church doesn't get enough teaching on spiritual warfare? There are ministers who really don't like teaching this stuff, don't like going into it and don't want to talk about it. When I was going through my accreditation to be a local preacher in the Methodist church, on the night they bring on all these ministers, it's the most, honestly, it's daunting. It's unreal. You look down the congregation and there are old stalwart ministers all sitting everywhere to listen to you preach. That is the hardest thing in the world. And I began to pray one night and I said, Lord, bind up. Matthew 18, verse 16, 18 there, you know where he says to Peter on this rock, I build on the church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. What is bound on earth will be bound in heaven. What is, what is loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. The minister came to me afterwards. He said, there were those complaining, he said, about you binding things up. What's that all about? The minister said to me, what's that all about? I said, but with spiritual warfare all around us, you think Satan's going to sit back there and just let us get on with it? No, he's not. I'm binding up the powers and the principalities. You've got to pray a protection against them. They're going to come against you. They're going to come against your family. And they're going to come against your church. Church, pray for the church. Church, pray for the church. Satan will come in and destroy this church because he hates what we do. He hates it. He just absolutely loathes it. I've talked to you before about the book I read called He Came to Set the Captives Free. Rebecca, Dr. Rebecca Brown, she was a physician who was treating a girl who had been involved in the occult. And what changed this girl's life was the fact that she had saw angels all around the house. 
and couldn't get past them to go in and kill the people of the house. The angels were protecting the Christians in the house. You see what I'm saying about protection? This is what I'm talking about. She could not get over the fact that she could not penetrate those angels. She'd never seen her power as a Satanist, never seen her power challenged ever. And here she was being challenged. I want to finish on this, okay? Back to where we started off. Psalm 121. Lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? Well, that's simple. It comes from the Lord. I want to finish on that. Pray, pray, pray. Pray and pray and keep praying. Old Christians taught me this wonderful ministry of prayer. It's a discipline. The more you do it, the better you get at it. Believe you me. It's not a craft. It's not a hobby. It's a discipline. It's vital. It's important for your lives. I can't emphasize that enough. But here's what I, I'm going to say to you today. Perhaps you need a wee Jesus makeover today. Perhaps your life is just in shatters and you need that. Perhaps you just need that wee bit of prayer. Never be afraid to ask people to pray. And there's something else very important. When you're in a prayer meeting, do not walk out of a prayer meeting and talk about what you've just heard. Because this stopped me from going to corporate prayer meetings for years. I prayed for something in a prayer meeting one night. Within an hour, I got a phone call from someone who wasn't there. You need to be very careful about what you're praying about. Somebody went out and started doing all this, the chat, talking to others. But before I knew it, everybody was telling me you shouldn't be praying about that. It wasn't a confidential prayer meeting. It was, oh really, what happened there? The amount of times people have come to me and I've prayed about something and said, oh here, what was that about? Uh, what happened there? I didn't know that. It wasn't about praying, it was about gossip. Don't go and gossip out of a prayer meeting. Give it to the Lord. Bring it to the cross. Lay it before the cross. God says, cast your cares upon me because I care. Very, very simple stuff here today. I know it's remedial for you, maybe it is, but you need to hear it. You need to hear this stuff because it's vital. From an old Christian who's been on the go for a long time, for you young Christians, especially younger Christians, if you don't pray, Satan's going to steal you away. That's it in a nutshell. Do you need a Jesus makeover today? Then this is the place to come get it. Is your life in tatters and is your prayer, your prayer life up the left? Pray about it. You see when an ambulance is going past me and it's, the lights are flashing and you see the ambulance going by and, it's in, and, and the sirens are going. Every time I see that, I say, Lord, wherever that ambulance is going, I pray for the person that it's going to. Lord, will you bless them with healing? Will you be with the family who are, who are in bits about this? Will you pray for the ambulance personnel that they will be able to help? It's a simple prayer. Then I finish with this today. Do you need a Jesus makeover? What's your prayer life like? From today, simply, you don't have to sit down and do a long period of time of prayer, which is brilliant if you can. Do it if you can and you're good at that. Do it. Give little prayers to God all day. Lord, sorry. I'm sorry, Lord. Lord, what you pray for? Lord, I lift up to you. Father, pray for, for table. I lift David up to you. I lift the whole family to you. You know, I pray for Linda. I pray you bless them. Be with Aaron, Lord. All this week I've been lifting this church up I've been praying for these people because they are very important. The role that they have is one that Satan hates. It's a role that they will, Satan will try to take them down and he will attack them from the places where they hurt them the most. David, for his family. 
we give it to Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for these people today. They're a wonderful, amazing, faithful people. Father, will you bless them? Father, will you bless them to become wonderful prayer warriors? Lord, that our prayers will change this society because, Lord, you've told us prayer changes things and I pray that they will be changed and that they will change this society, change what we do here. Father, will you give us a vision of the people that we have to go visit? Lord, will you open our minds to this society, Father, in which we have to go and minister to? Lord, if there are individuals that need our help, that we will pray with them. For each other, Lord, may we lift each other up in prayer. And Lord, may we commune as friend with friend. May we commune with friend as friend, Lord. And every time we have a problem, let us hand it to you. Even if it means striking your finger with a hammer, Lord, we give you thanks no matter what. Thank you, Lord, for this church. Thank you for these people, Lord. Bless them. Lord, will you really bless them today? Father, will you really, really bless them today? That's my prayer, Lord, for them today. Bless this congregation in Jesus' name. Amen.